I'm so appreciative of all the talent and blessings that God has put upon our people to be able to worship and bless Him. A lot of times Christmas songs can just become Christmas songs. But most of the Christmas songs were wrote about Jesus. Over time, society has changed them and made them about, I guess, us. I love the Lord. And I don't want it to be an old cliche when we say that the reason for the season is Jesus. Without him, we wouldn't be gathered together today. Without him, we wouldn't be a blessed people. Without him, we would have all perished in our own demise a long time ago. But because of such a loving God, a God of grace, a God of mercy, a God of second chances, looked down on earth and saw a bunch of people that needed a couple more chances. Lord, we worship you. Lord, I thank you for your birth. Lord, I thank you for your life. I thank you for laying your life down. I thank you for your resurrection power that you put inside of us. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I know this is our Christmas service, and I'm so appreciative for all the departments and everyone that has worked so tirelessly throughout the year, all that you labor behind the scenes, all that you give of your time, your finances, of your mental capacity, you just, this church is filled with givers and givers and givers and givers and givers. Anytime we say that, people instantly think of money. And I'm not talking about money, although money you give. But you give of yourself. You give of your time. You give of your schedule. You give of your personalities. We can be guarded. And yet you drop the veil and you drop the walls and you make yourself vulnerable for the kingdom of God. And I want you to know that he notices it. I notice it. Thank you so much. Well, if you have your Bibles, if you turn to the book of Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, the first chapter of Matthew, Matthew 1, verse 18. While you're turning, if you would remember that we are still taking donations for prescription glasses, sunglasses, reading glasses for the church in Chile. There's a donation bucket in the family center. And also we are taking a collection for the homeless, for adults and kids, winter outerwear, socks, toiletries, blankets and throws, new and gently used items. You can find that donation place as well with the glasses. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, 
son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Bishop, will you pray over this service? Amen, and you may be seated. I'm going to use many scriptures that you would expect to be used in a Christmas sermon. And as I was preparing this, I was chatting with the Lord, and I said, Lord, it feels, and, and forgive me, but this is my heart, I said, Lord, it feels kind of generic, just plain. I said, do you want me to preach something spiced up? Something a little more non-expected, non-typical, instead of the typical Christmas message. And I felt God begin to deal with my heart, kind of with a paddle. Because I wasn't trying to disrespect him at all. But... I am just a man after all. And I felt God begin to tell me, he said, the most important thing I've ever done for you and anyone that's ever walked the face of the earth is given a people a chance to be saved. That is the greatest miracle that could happen. You see, we say the birth of Christ is the greatest miracle. And it is a great, 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 great miracle. And through the birth, he has allowed and presented the chance to save mankind. But in itself, the absolute greatest miracle is the fact that God made a way for us to be saved. That is the greatest miracle that you and I will ever, ever, ever be afforded the opportunity, privilege, blessing, miracle to partake of. The fact that we can go to heaven and live eternity with the greatest, the only ever was, ever is, and ever will be entity, deity, superpower, whatever you want to call him. I even think the name God, the word God doesn't describe what he really is. It's limiting him. He's amazing. And you and I have an opportunity to dwell with him, to live with him, to be a part of his family, to be a part of the sons and daughters of God. That is the greatest miracle that will ever take place in our life. The birth of Jesus was one of the greatest pieces and parts of this journey for salvation. And I want to take us on the road to salvation. And, and those of you that are here, you might think, oh, pastor. The only reason we're here is because of him. 
And the only reason we're going there is because of Him. Not because of me. Not because of you. We're going because of Him. We're going because of what He did in us. We're going because of what He's done for us. He, we're going because of what He's taken care of that was in our life. The things we did, the things we went, the things that accomplished. There's none of us here that are without sin. There's none of us here that are good on our own accord. We're all here by the grace and mercy and the birth of Jesus Christ. Oh, what a God we serve. I know it's Christmas time and we've sang some Christmas songs, but I still want to jump a little bit and say, Lord, it's by your grace and mercy, it's by your birth that I've even got a shot at this, that I've even been afforded the opportunity to worship your name. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I praise you. Lord, be the Savior of my soul. Be the Savior of my life. Oh Lord, you are the Savior of this world. You are my Savior. Do you know that there's nothing in this world that's going to save you and I except Jesus? There's not friends that are going to save us. Mom and dad's not going to save us. Our family's not going to save us. Our BFF isn't going to save us. Our degrees aren't going to save us. Our accomplishments aren't going to save us. I'll tell you what's going to save us. It doesn't cost us anything. We can't buy it. We can't earn it. But we can believe in it and surrender to it. And that entity is Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I don't know about you, but I want to go to heaven. I don't know about you, but I want my wife to go with me to heaven. I want my sons and daughter to go to heaven. I want my grandchildren to go to heaven. I want all of you to go to heaven. I want my mom and dad to go to heaven. I want my brothers and sisters to go to heaven. I want my nieces and nephews to go to heaven. Why? Because I want to spend eternity with you before the throne. Aid and all that yada, yada, yada. is about eternity from the birth of Jesus. You know that video, I thought, man, we ought to be celebrating the tooth fairy with as many gaps in the jaws I saw. <laughs> Every one of them had two or three teeth missing. I'm not poking fun. I'm not making fun. What I'm saying is our little ones are growing up, and they're changing, and I want them to change and grow in God. Parents, tell your little ones, tell that little boy, tell that little girl, hey, listen, there might be presents under the tree. And I won't ruin it, Brother Larry. But Jesus is why we're doing this. Jesus is why we're here. Young people, do you know that Jesus has given your mom and dad a job so they can put nice things in your home and you can have a good Christmas? Children, your mom and dad, 
They know who God is. And they're going to try and teach you His name. They're going to teach you about Jesus. They're going to teach you why you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus. They're going to teach you why you need to get the Holy Ghost. I went into the sanctuary and I, I might have told this story, but as it's been pointed out by my father-in-law, I'm getting old. And I went into the, the, the fellowship hall the other day and little Maddie Thompson, she caught me and she said, she was sitting there and I, I saw her, I said, I saw you praying the other day. And she's like, I was, I was praying for the Holy Ghost. Oh, she's hiding now, she just crawled under the pew. And she said, Pastor, how close do you think I was to getting the Holy Ghost? And I said, you were that close. And Bubs was standing beside her. Yeah, you were there too. You can climb under the pew now. He said, Pastor, I've been praying for the Holy Ghost too. How close do you think I was? I said, you were that close. I said, and they're both like, we're going to get the Holy Ghost. Sister Maddie's like, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost Sunday. I believe you can get the Holy Ghost, Sister Maddie. I believe, Brother Bubs, you can get the Holy Ghost. I believe... You will get the Holy Ghost. You're both going to be speaking in tongues. But I, I watched them and then they began to say, I'm going to get the Holy Ghost before you. And I'm going to get the Holy Ghost before you. And they were competing. Who's going to get filled with the Holy Ghost? And I thought, well done, Larry and Katie. Well done, Brian and Gloria. Teach them. Teach them. That in a time of Christmas, they weren't saying who's opening the most presents. What they're saying is who's going to get the Holy Ghost first. Well done. Well done. Everything we're doing is because of Him. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7. You guys know this. You could probably quote it. Isaiah said, this is the messianic prophecy, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and the name, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government, and the peace, there will be no end. There's going to be no end. It says there's not going to be an end. They said there'll be no end of his government. There'll be no end. There's no end. We're on the throne of David and over his kingdom. There's no end. To establish it and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. Somebody say no end. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. We'll do this, not maybe, not perhaps, not by luck, not by the roll of the dice, not by circumstance. It says it's going to happen, that there's going to be a throne set up, and the Son, Jesus, is going to reign forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. In case you didn't hear me. Endeavor! I'm not supposed to preach this way. It's Christmas. It's Christmas Sunday. 
John wrote in 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. So eternal life comes through Jesus Christ. Right? Matthew 1.21, She shall bear a son, and you shall call his name, and he will save his people from their sins. So the Savior is? Right. He's going to save everyone. Then John said that the world might be saved through him. So salvation is through Jesus Christ, without a doubt. And I'm not using very many scriptures. We could just start listing them down. But our salvation comes through Jesus. And only Jesus. There is no other God. Come on, somebody. You're not going to be saved by any other name. There is no other name. No other name. You tell me, you preach to me, at what name shall every knee bow? What name will every tongue confess? You do what you want. I'm going to do what I want for a minute. <laughs> Let my mouth confess. Lord, your name is Jesus. Let my heart confess. There is no other name that I will be saved by except the name of Jesus. I'm not ashamed of him. He is the lover of my soul. He's the creator of my being. He's the savior of my soul. He's going to take me from here to there. I'm going to live forever with him. I'm not ashamed. I want to brag about my God a little bit. There's nobody that's treated me like him. There is nobody in my life that has ever been as faithful as God. <laughs> is this all right? <laughs> I don't got to worry about it. None of you are going to restaurants afterwards. You're not in a hurry to get to Applebee's. You're all mine. He said, I, I am the life. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. 
Of course he will. Because you're Jesus. And anybody that goes through you goes into eternal life. Anybody that goes through the door of the shepherd is going to go into eternal life. Because by Jesus, we are saved. Through Jesus, we are saved. There is no other. He said, I am the door. If you enter by me, you will be saved. And you will go in and out. And you will find pasture. I think there's some people that are here today. You've been needing some green pasture in your life. You've been in a valley of bones a long time. You've been looking for something. You've been looking for a savior. You've been looking for a fixer. You've been looking for a deliverer. You've been looking for somebody to resurrect your dry bones. Then let me ask you, at what point in this message will your mind connect with your heart and your heart begin to speak through your mouth and you'll begin to say, Lord, I want to come into the fold. Lord, I want to know the good shepherd. God, I need a Savior. I told you that Jesus has shown up to give Christ to give good gifts this Christmas season. The gift he's trying to give somebody right now is salvation. There is no greater gift. Your mind's on whether or not he's going to fix your car. Your mind's on whether or not he's going to pay your bills. Your mind's on whether or not he's going to heal. But I'm telling you that his mind is past all of that and said what I desire most is to save your soul. My son's not here, so I got a little more liberty. I want God to heal my son. You hear me? I want him to heal my son. But more than that, I want God to save my son. My son, he believed into baptism and was baptized. My son, with all his disabilities, with all his problems, with all the world against him, stood right there. And Brother Larry, you were in the mix. And he began to move and he began to talk. And he spoke in tongues. Boston, who's nonverbal. Boston, who's supposed to be an invalid. Boston, who's supposed to be a vegetable. Boston, who's never supposed to have cognitive thought. Boston, who's supposed to have been dead. This living son of mine has been baptized in the name of Jesus. Has been baptized in the Holy Ghost. God, you've given me the best Christmas gift this dad could ever want. Oh, somebody, come on. I don't know who you are, but I'm feeling a burden for you in the Holy Ghost right now. 
sitting there and you're thinking, should I? Should I? You should. Is it? Is it? It is. It is for you. You should surrender. You should believe. You should receive. You should talk to Him. You should fall in love with Him. Yes! By all means. By all grace and mercy. Acts 1.9 And when He had said these things, as they were looking on Him, He was lifted up and a cloud took Him out of their sight. While they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes. And these men in white robes said to them, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? I want you to listen real close. I want you to listen, but I want you to read too. So that not only will you hear the word of God, you will read the word of God. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come. Will. Will. I'm all about repeating today just because it feels good. Will come. This Jesus will come in the same way. Well, how did he go? He went in perfectness. He went in righteousness. He went with angels standing around. But he also went with people on the earth watching him. With men gazing. In that manner, he's going to come back. He says he will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Now this was the Jesus that was born from Mary, the miracle child. His birth was a miracle and then he did miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle until he stopped. And they said, if you are God, save yourself from the cross, come down from there. Because their eyes of a miracle was for him to watch the spikes in his arms just be pressed out by some kinetic force and pop out and fall on the ground. They thought that the, the spear or the, the pegs in his feet that were holding him up would be pushed out by an angel's hand. You see, that was the miracle they were watching. But that wasn't the miracle that was taking place. The miracle of the cross was that the love of God was no longer ever going to be hindered, going to be obscured, going to have to go through backway channels. The love of God was now going to be poured out upon all flesh. You didn't have to go to a high priest anymore. You didn't have to go to a father anymore and tell him, 
life, you could go right to God and begin to say, God, I need a Savior. God, I need a rescuer. God, I need a friend. Listen, we're not back in the Old Testament. God's Word is available to all of us. We all have the ability to pick this thing up, begin to read this, begin to study this, begin to memorize this, begin to think this, begin to speak this, begin to hide this in our heart, begin to be captivated by this. If I would, I'd just eat it. The Word of God is now freely given to each and every one of us. But yet we live in a day, and there might even be people in this congregation right now that are too afraid to pick this up and read it. And they go to mom and dad and say, tell me what it says in it. And they come to pastor and say, tell me what this says. What this says is for you to study, to show thyself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of God. I can't save you. I can't fix you. I can't deliver you. I can't make it better. But what I can do is preach to you the one that can. The one that can fix it forever. The one that can solve it forever. The one that can save forever. The one that can hold you forever. This Christmas season, what I beg of you, what I implore of you, what I just plead from you is give God a chance. But he won't make you and he won't force you. You've got to choose Jesus. You guys want me to be done or keep going? What's the people want? I got three pages of note, and we're just through one, so. I told you, you ain't going to Applebee's, so. I feel to teach this, and many of you, it might be old news to you, but I feel to teach it, so just, I guess, patronize Jesus. You guys are going to be standing a while. I am too, so. This is right here next generation brother Anthony you're the one that said it sister Val you're the one that said it that the leadership that is in the making is finding their own I don't know the exact words you said but that's what you were saying they're, they're, they're finding it they're getting it Matters of the heart are revealed in situations like this, Garrett and JJ. When everybody sits, two young men are standing. You're not doing it because you, you didn't know I was going to say anything. And yet there's young men your age that are sitting around thinking, man, I wish I would have been standing. But they want to wish they were standing so they'd be recognized. When you were standing because of the passion for the cross. 
to those that wish you would have been standing, there's still time to stand. There's still time to get tired. Sister Jerry. You're putting a lot of young ones to shame right now. Because they none of them picked up the hint that you did. This is what God says in Romans 10, verse 8. Now, the people said they wanted more word. But what does it say? The word is near you. Everybody, the word is near you. Brother Ronnie, this is how close the word is. Literally. The word is right there. The word's in your lap, in your Bibles. The word... One day I didn't bring my phone up here. The word is on your phones. The word is near you. Anybody know the name of the word? Brother Don does. The word is near you. In your mouth. Everybody point to your mouth. It's in your mouth and in your heart. Point to your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, Jesus, you are Lord. Come on, say it like you mean it. Say it like it just come from the pits of your heart. Say it like it's coming from your belly. Jesus, you are Lord. You are Lord of Lords. You are God. You are King of Kings. You are the everlasting Father. You are the Prince of Peace. Dad, they're getting excited about the Word of God. They're not getting excited about fancy preaching. They're not getting excited about big words. They're getting excited about what the scripture says. Whew. It says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and, and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be Saved. Yeah. Kenny, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of apostolic preachers that don't like to use these scriptures because they're afraid that people are just going to stop right there. All you got to do is believe that Jesus is Lord. And all you got to do is say it with your mouth and you'll be saved. A lot of people stop right there, but you and I, we're no different. And the Word of God teaches different. And we got a lot of time. Brother Dean, Sister Beth, if you guys are new here, you don't have to stand if you don't want to stand. But you just stand as long as you want and you sit as long as you want. Everybody, this is Dean and Beth.
fulfilled they're here along with all our other visitors. Thank you so much. But it goes on and says in verse 11, it says, For the scripture says that everyone who believes in him, that's Jesus, will not be put out to shame, which means you're not going to be embarrassed at the great white throne. You're not going to be embarrassed when the Lamb's book of life is open before you. You're not going to be the ones that are going to be mocked when the, the pits of hell and the lake of fire is open. It won't be you that's being laughed at. It won't be you that's hiding your head in shame. It won't be you that's going to be the scorned. You're going to be the kings and priests and sons and daughters of God. He says everyone who believes in him, Jesus, will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. Everybody understand that? Does everybody really understand that? Do you understand that it's two different ethnicities? Some of you do. So that means what took place this year with racial tensions. We got real quiet. I'm not afraid to preach on race, people. It's in the Bible. We have whites, we have browns, we have blacks, we have mixed, we have whatever color you want to claim yourself. I don't care what color your skin is. Because the Word of God says there's no difference. You understand? There's no difference. There's no difference between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord... Who's Lord? Is Lord of all. That means he's Lord of all the black people. He's Lord of all the Latino people. He's Lord of all the Caucasian people. He is Lord of all. One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. There is no other salvation. Not in any other name. Only the name of Jesus. Are all the people in the world going to be saved? There's no other name. It says that there's no difference between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. The scripture is introducing the next step of salvation. It went right to the heart of the matter, the blunt of it. If you confess that Jesus is Lord of Lords and you believe it in your heart, you shall be saved. Because that is just the bare bones truth of it. But our faith in Him and our belief in Him will follow, will create something in us to follow Him and to search Him out and to seek Him and to worship Him always and to praise Him through any situation and to walk in faith through any valley. He said because He's Lord of Lords and there's no distinction that everyone that calls on Him, verse 13, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Man, we got a lot of saved people in here and you're acting bored about your salvation. You're so old you can't remember that new birth.
are we apostolics or not? There's no other message I want to preach. There's not any other doctrine that I want my hands in. God, I have called on your name and I have been saved. Because 14, he's going to the next step in this process. He said, listen, everybody that believes and everybody that confesses will be saved. And when you're saved, you will call on the name. And he keeps going down that hole, that rabbit hole. He's just leading everybody right down to how to be saved. He said, how then can we call on him in whom we've not believed? you got to believe before you can ever lift your voice and call on God. He continues and he says, but how can you believe in him, Jesus, of whom you've never heard about? So you got to hear that Jesus is Lord of Lords. You've got to be preached to that he's king of kings. You've got to be taught that he's the prince of peace, that he's the everlasting father, that he's the wonderful counselor. You've got to be preached that by the name of Jesus we are saved. When the word of God is preached, we hear it, we read it, we feel it, and we choose to believe it. And when we believe it, our faith will provoke our mouth to begin to confess. How will they call on him in whom they've not believed? And how can they hear without a preacher? Is there a preacher in the house? There's a few. I'm definitely not the only one. We got a lot of preachers in this house, and I'm looking at a lot of them. So let me ask you, true or false, has a preacher been sent to you today? Is the preacher preaching the word of God, true or false? Is it now on you to believe what you have heard? Then true is or false is the next step then to call upon the God in which you've just been preached to about. It may seem like this is elementary steps, but this is how easy it is. There's no wizardry here. There's no sorcery here. There's no black magic. This is how salvation finds people. That God will send somebody to preach and teach and talk about who Jesus is and what he can be for them and how he wants to save them. And people have got to make up their mind if they're going to believe more in the drugs they take to fix them or the healing power of God to help. They've got a choice. You believe in your government to protect you or the hand of Jesus. And I'm going to fight even dirtier. You believe in your guns to protect you or the angels encamped around about? I'm not done. You said we could go. 
Brother Patrick, I heard you the loudest. You said go. So now we know these things, right? 15. And how are they to preach unless they're sent? Now this is important and often overlooked and never talked about. Sent by who? By Bible college? By bishop? By pastor? By who? And Jesus is God, right? So if God, Jesus, sends a man or a woman to you and I, that right there, Brother Brian, without going any further, means this. It is the will of God. I said earlier, somebody sitting around saying, is it? Is it for me? Is this for me? You better believe it's for you because I didn't wake up on my own accord and say, I feel like doing this. What I felt was the Holy Ghost say, you better preach, preacher. I was the one I confessed. I told on myself and said, I, I, this is just a generic Christmas message, God. Do you really want me to use these overused Christmas sermons? God went, oh boy. What I have cleansed, don't you ever call common. I know that it's getting late, but I don't care. Verse 16. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. And we're just, this isn't the point of what we're saying here, but it's part of the word of God. We're going to include it. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? And then Romans 10, 17 is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. So faith comes from what? Hearing. Hearing, Brother Kenny. Not how many times you heard seeing is believing. I've seen a lot of fools and I don't believe in them. I don't believe them. Seen him. Seeing is not believing, but hearing. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing. And hearing through the word of Christ. Brother Chad, you, you're leaning forward, eating up all this. I can see that, or your back's hurting you. I'm going with the former. I like to see you. You're just you're doing what what the, the ministry in, in Argentina did. When You should have seen Bishop preaching. I'm getting on a little tangent, but I want you to know something. He's preaching, and I mean established men of God are doing this because they wanted to get closer to the Word. And your back might be killing you, and you're like, come on, Pastor, do altar call, but I'm going to take you leaning forward as you want more. Faith comes by hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ. Right? So we got to hear the word and we got to believe the word. Listen, honey. Listen, sir. 
The problem isn't your neighbor. The problem isn't the system. The problem isn't the government. The problem is we're not believing what we're hearing. The moment we begin to say, I hear that God can forgive me, is the moment we'll stop listening to all the gossipers, all the judgment, all the naysayers, all the busybodies. There's a lot of people that go to the doctor to be told what's wrong with them. And the only thing that's wrong with people is that they don't believe the Word of God. The Word of God says, Sister Jody, that if we take up deadly serpents or we drink poisonous things, that it shall not hurt us. Oh, I'm going dirty, but Corona comes around in whoa. worshiping and saying amen. I, I, I got real. Yeah, Corona's a real thing, but so is faith. So faith comes by hearing. Listen, I know that, that our old time apostolics here, this might be the hours laying on, but we got some people in the house that need to hear the word of God. You might have heard this a long time, and you can probably preach it better than me. In fact, I know you can. But I'm telling you that there's some people in the house that they don't know the Word of God, and they need the Word of God because the Word of God is being opened right now to their hearts and their mind, and it might be old and stale to some of us, but there's some people that are hungry, that are thirsty for the bread of life, that are getting on fire for the Word of God. Acts 22, 16, the Apostle Paul sitting around telling his testimony. And this is what Ananias said to him. He said, and now why? He's Ananias, he was the man of God. God spoke to him and said, I'm going to send this man to you. Right? We're going to do what we just read in Romans 10. He said, I'm going to send to you a man. And I want you, Ananias, my man, my preacher, to begin to tell him all about me. I want you to tell him how to be saved through me. I want you to, to tell him how he needs to worship me, how he needs to believe in me, how he needs to live in me, how he needs to follow me, how he needs to just give everything to me. The Apostle Paul, blind is led to the house of Ananias and he goes into the house of Ananias and Ananias the man of God begins to do what Romans 10 taught the man of God right how can a man go until he's sent right Ananias is sent the word of God and he begins to preach the word of God to the apostle Paul and when he got done preaching the word of God he looks at this man that was hearing it so faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. Paul is sitting there hearing the Word of God and he's beginning to be filled with the faith and he's beginning to have the words that change people's lives begin to flood into his soul. The preacher looks at Paul and he says, And now why? Why do you still wait? 
I'm talking to somebody in this house. Why are you still waiting? Jesus is the way. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the healer. Jesus is the forgiver, the redeemer. Why do you wait to be fixed when there's an altar here? Why do you wait to be healed when Jesus is here? Why do you wait to be saved when there's a baptismal pool and there's the Holy Ghost ready to be poured out? Ananias says to Paul, and now why do you wait? Rise up and be baptized and wash away your sins. What? Calling on his name. What Paul is testifying is that when I called on the name of Jesus, it was when I was baptized in his name. But wait. Romans said all you got to do is confess it and you're saved. But now all of a sudden the scripture is saying you got to do more than confess it. You've got to call on it. Maybe I'm just preaching to somebody online. and They're tearing up their living room furniture right now. Somebody just got ahead of too bad our van's going out of business because they need a new dining room table. Brother Anthony, is this all right? Musicians, if you'd come, if you might sit up here a little bit, but just make your way. You see, because the Apostle Peter, right? Anybody heard of him? See, he's the one that Jesus, we've been talking about him. Jesus said to Peter, who do men say that I am? Some say you're Isaiah. Some say that you're Elijah. Or maybe you're just another great prophet. He says, but who do you say that I am? Peter said, thou art the Christ. You see, Jews are monotheistic. One God. Not three, one. And the Christ in Judaism was not another God. Was not another deity. It was God delivering them. Jesus, when he said, who do you say that I am? Peter was saying, you are my deliverer. You are my savior. You are my redeemer. You are God. You are Lord of lords. You are King of kings. You are the counselor. You are the prince of peace. You are the mighty God. When we say Jesus is the reason for this season, what we're saying is that God, everything comes down to this. By your birth, I now have access to the cross. Peter said, thou art the Christ. And he said, upon this confession, upon your faith, 
I will build my church on this foundation. What foundation? That Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. That he's the foundation. That he's the life giver. He's the savior. Do you know that this Peter... The one that said that while Jesus walked the earth. The one that denied him while he was being led to the cross. The one that became the apostle. The one that preached the first apostolic message in Acts 2. That guy. Later in his life, right before he was about to be a martyr, began to be moved by the Holy Ghost and wrote this. 1 Peter 3.21 Baptism. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. My God knew what he was doing. Every step, every minute, every every T that was crossed, every I that was dotted, every word that was edged in this Bible, the layout of it, the structure of it, my God has been behind it because in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God and the Word is God. Baptism which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from your body, meaning we don't baptize in immersion so that you'll become clean, so that that dirt on your wrist, the dirt on your knees when you fell in the parking lot will come off. You go down because it's washing away the sins, the dirtiness of our soul, the messes we've got ourselves into. Our obedience to the water, believing on him, is when we say, Jesus, I've got bad things in my life. I need to change. I need to be baptized for the forgiveness and washing away of my sins. See, with your mouth, you're confessing he's God. With your mouth, you're confessing he's going to save you. With your mouth, you're confessing you need forgiveness of sins. It's all fulfilling Romans. Baptism says that it's an appeal to God for good consciousness through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're wrapping it up here. Because then in Acts 2, going backwards a little bit, this message that I just preached to you has been preached throughout the ages. You know why it's never changed? Because God didn't change. And people haven't changed. We're the same dirty old scoundrels we've always been. We're the same old sinners we've always been. But you know what? He's still the saving God he's always been. He's the same forgiving God that he's always been. He's the God of second and third chances that he's always been. He's the one that gave David another chance. He's the one that gave me another chance. He's the one that raised people from the dead. And he's the one that will resurrect us from our dead.
preach or preach who happened to be the apostle Peter. He said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And Peter on the day of Pentecost stood up and he took the keys and he put it into the gate of salvation. And he said, I'm going to preach to you now how salvation is to be performed among this world. And he began to preach to them. And it says, when they heard what he had said, that when they what? Heard. So faith comes by hearing. And hearing the word of God. They heard it. And it said they were cut to their heart. And Peter said to the rest of the apostles. What shall we do? The men said this to Peter. I said that wrong. I'm sorry. The men when they were cut to their heart. They said to Peter. And the rest of the apostles. Peter. What do I need to do? Peter did not respond. Call on the name of the Lord and you shall be saved. He didn't say that. That was wrote to Roman, in Romans to the church that had already done this. Peter, the first time. This is the first time in all the world's history that the method of salvation would be preached in the presence of man. Well, come on, somebody. This is no little thing. This is the moment that the way that was prepared, he said, I sent John to prepare the way, and he had to decrease that I might increase. For this moment. And Peter, because you understand that I am King of kings and Lord of lords, you're going to have the keys to this message. Peter stands up now that he's got a congregation and he preached to them. And he said, he starts quoting the prophet Joel. He said, it'll come in the last days that I'll pour my flesh out on all mankind. And he said, you killed the Messiah. And they said, no, you did. They said, our hope is gone. It's over. We're done for. Peter, John, what can we do? You see, Matthew 28, 19, everybody loves to quote the Great Commission. Go ye therefore into all nations, baptizing them in the name of Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Peter was there. And the first chance he gets to preach, he does not quote Matthew 28, 19. He didn't sit there and say, be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. You mean you're going to mess it up? You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna drop this thing, epic fail, on opening day, Peter? This is opening day. Peter looked at them. Began to examine them. Could see the tears running down their face. Could see the pulse in their the veins. They could see the, the torment of their heart and their soul. And Peter began, the preacher, Peter the preacher, began to speak to these people that were just on the edge of their seat, Brother Chad. They were doing this. 
Tell me, preacher, what must I do to be saved? Tell me what it's going to take to know the Savior of this world. Tell me how I got to go about this. Tell me what I got to change. Tell me what I got to give up. Tell me how I must become. Peter, he begins to stand up and he begins to utter one of our landmark scriptures because it is the way to Jesus Christ. He said, repent. Everybody say this, repent. And be baptized. He didn't say, hey everybody, confess with your mouth and believe. He said the first thing you need to do is you need to repent. I'm asking everybody in this house right now, we're going to take our time. Bishop, I know that this you, you, you preach this more than anybody I know, but there's people that need it. I need it. I want everybody, if you will, we're going to mass repent, individuals but together. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. God, I'm ashamed of many things in my life. I'm embarrassed to even utter them before you. God, I can't hide them from you. I've hid them from people. I've hid them from mom and dad. I've hid them from my friends. I've hid them from my wife. I've hid them from my husband. I've hid them from my closest confidences. But God, you know what I've done. God, you know who I am. You know what I struggle with. You know my weakness. Hallelujah. <laughs> I feel the Holy Ghost. God, I'm sorry. I need to be forgiven. I ask in the name of Jesus that you would forgive me of my sins. That your blood that you shed on Calvary would cover me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Let your blood flow and fill my entire body. God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would create in me a clean heart. That you would renew within me a right spirit. Oh God, I cannot do this. I need you. God, I keep messing up over and over and over. I keep tripping over the same thing. I'm desperate. I need help. I need deliverance. I'm sorry. Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Not 
in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost as the verbal command that was given in Matthew 28. The reason Jesus or Peter said in the name of Jesus because the name of the Father is Jesus. And the name of the Son is Jesus. And the name of the Holy Ghost is To, to do the best I could and I, I'm still falling short but I, I'm sorry this is what you got to deal with this is the preacher God sent to you don't get mad at me you talk to him but I have done my best to try to tell each and every person in this place and every soul that's watching online and every person that watches this down the road I tell you in the authority of the Lord of Lords and King of Kings in the authority of Jesus that you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins Brother Eloy, we're only halfway through this verse. So if you're here and you believe that Jesus is Lord of Lords and King of Kings, if you believe in your heart that He is Savior, if you believe that Jesus died on the cross, gave His life, shed His blood, that we could be saved by the washing away of our sins. I want you to know that this baptismal pool behind me is ready. And we will baptize you today. In the name of Jesus. We will not baptize you. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We don't believe it. We don't do it. We don't practice it. Go down the road. But we will baptize you in truth. And the truth is, we baptize only in everything, in all things, in the name of Jesus. I tell you, as the preacher sent to you, that when you go down in the name of Jesus, that the God that sits on the throne... The God who sits on the throne will watch, hear your call, will come into that pool, and he will wash away your sins forevermore. There is no other way to be forgiven. We get baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness and remission of our sins. If you've not been baptized, I encourage you, please pray about it. 
Please believe everything I preach. Please begin to speak it and just come find me, bishop and elder, and say I want to get baptized today. It's Christmas service and we're still going and people are tired, but the Word of God is trying to do the greatest miracle, give the greatest gift to somebody. Somebody's here and you need to go down in the name of Jesus Christ. Hear me. If you're here and you were baptized as a child and you had no idea what you did, you need to be rebaptized. We don't baptize infants. We don't baptize little children that don't have the concept. And if you're here and you have been baptized in any other method, you weren't fully submerged, you weren't fully under, you weren't fully dunked. If they said, I baptize you in the name of Buddha, I baptize you in the name of Allah, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, you need to be rebaptized today immediately in the name of Jesus. There's only one way. And I will not speak falsehood to anybody. I'm not going to preach some watered down, just doctrine that appeases man. I'm preaching the word of God. God's not messing around. He wants to save somebody. If you're here and you've not been baptized, please, please, please pray about it and think on it. Peter said to him, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Listen, mom and dad, listen, hon. Mom and dad can say, oh, honey, it'll be okay. I forgive you. Dad, everything I've done wrong to you, I'm sorry. Do you forgive me? He's forgiven me. But I've got another father that i got to ask forgiveness of. You see, we can forgive one another, but we're not the ones saving one another. You say, I already apologized. We need to apologize to God. And when we're serious, we'll go down in the name of Jesus. said you're going to be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and this is the second part and not maybe not optional not well it's a gift not if he chooses you not well maybe Peter on opening day, when they said, what must we do to be saved? He said, you need to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of the sins. And, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. John 3, he said to Nicodemus, you got to be born again, sir. And he said, well, how can a man be born when he's old, go back into his mother's womb and be born again? He said, that's not what I'm talking about. Jesus, Lord of Lord, King of Kings said, you must be born of the water and of the Spirit. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. 
Peter, let them have it. Peter said, you got to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, for the promise, the promise, the promise, the promise. Promise. We've been promised this. Is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. I think that's where we all fit right there. Anybody live far off? Come on, Brother Ronnie, it's just me and you, I guess. Anybody? That's us. Everyone whom the Lord our God calls to himself. If you'd stand, musicians would begin to give me a sweet tone. Brother Eloi, I mean it this time. I feel the Holy Ghost calling people to the altar. I'm going to read a portion of scripture that I read a couple weeks ago and then just two verses and we're going to be done. Revelations 22:16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you about these things for the churches. And I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. The Spirit and the Bride say, Come. And let the one who hears say, Come. And let the one who is thirsty come. And let the one who desires to take the water of life without price come. I warn everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book, and if anyone adds to them, God will add to him the plagues described in this book. And if anyone takes away from the words of this book of the prophecy, God will take away his share in the tree of life and in the holy city. And in verse 20, he says this, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. And so I close with these two verses in Luke. And Jesus said to him, Today. Everybody say today. 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 Right now, right here. Salvation has come to this house. Verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Friends, Jesus Christ is in this house. Salvation has come to More Life Tabernacle. Jesus is in this room right now. You have felt him all service and you feel him right now. I'm asking who will come? Who's thirsty and wants to come before the throne? Who's hungry and wants to eat the bread of life? Who's ready? Who needs to be baptized and you've been putting it off? You've been trying to decide. Who needs the Holy Ghost? The baptism of the Spirit.
preacher has been sent. The preacher has preached. You have heard. You have listened. You've been patient with me. But now it's your turn. Do you believe that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords? Do you believe that he's the forgiver of sins? Do you believe that in the name of Jesus Christ we are saved? If you believe these things, I'm inviting you to come to this altar. And if you're not sure what you believe, I'm inviting you to come to the altar. And begin to say, God, I need help. God, I need to know. God, begin to confirm it in my heart. Let my mind, let my spirit, I want to feel that this is right. I want to know that this is for me. It is. And if you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus, there's never been a perfect moment in right now. If you need the Holy Ghost, begin to lift your hands towards God. Begin to open your mouth and say, Lord, I love you. God, I need you. God, I follow you. God, I surrender to you. And allow his spirit to come into you. Begin to take over your tongue and your mouth. Let the holy words from heaven begin to leave your body. Folks, this altar's open for all that would come. Come to the Lord. Let Him save your soul. Let Him redeem your life. Let Him restore the way. Would you all come?